Okay, so Aaron Gordon, the reason you're here is because you recently wrote something for your newsletter that really got the three of us talking, and you and I actually spoke about it before you published it. It's a piece titled, Biking in New York City Has Gotten Worse. I wonder if you could just start by explaining the premise of this pretty provocative titled piece. Yeah, so I was reflecting on my 10-year anniversary of being like an urban cyclist, like as a means of commuting and whatnot. Nine of those years have been in New York City. And I was specifically reflecting on how a lot of people I know for that entire nine years have wanted to get into biking, but have been afraid of doing it. And when I first moved here, the fear was very much about getting hit by a car, about mingling with car traffic constantly. But in the last few years, I noticed a change, which is a lot of people were trying cycling either via city bike or during the pandemic, they got you know their own bike and they found that they couldn't get comfortable riding in bike lanes for various reasons. But the most prominent one being the mingling with two wheeled motored vehicles of all kinds. And a lot of people weren't getting into or staying into biking for this reason. And I was reflecting on that with my own experience, which has been similar. Now, I still am a cyclist. I still ride around a lot. But I found that a lot of the places I enjoyed riding most when I first moved here, like some of the city's best protected bike lanes or the bridges, which have their own, you know, the bridges that have their own dedicated bike paths. Those were some of the places I enjoyed riding most when I first moved here. And now I fear them the most because they're the most constrained, narrow spaces where I'm often being buzzed or passed or clipped or, you know, all different types of very unpleasant interactions with motorized two-wheeled vehicles that are using those paths. And it's a complicated subject because there are many different types of these vehicles, which I know we're going to talk about. They're used by various different populations, some of which are marginalized and abused groups by app companies, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure. But I wanted to write the piece because, you know, and this was after, I would say, a solid year of seeing on various biking forums, you know, knowing very much that I'm not the only one who feels this way, like seeing on these various biking forums or whatever, other people expressing an increasing degree of uh, discontent with sharing these spaces with motorized vehicles and that they are not feeling comfortable on the bike paths either. And these are in pro bike forums. These are in forums that are often talking about, you know, how e-bikes should be welcomed in these spaces, for example. So it struck me as a very different tone than one we're used to seeing. And overall, I just felt like, why is it that after 10 years of all these new protected bike lanes, all this new cycling infrastructure, which we all wish there was more of, but there's no denying that there's been tremendous progress on the street infrastructure in the city over the last decade. And yet I'm thinking to myself, why am I almost more fearful going out to bike now than I was when I first moved here? There are a lot of reasons for this. Part of this is I'm just older. Part of this is, you know, I'm not I'm not a young 22-year-old nut job anymore. But I saw enough to make me think that there was something more there than just I was getting slightly older. And so I wrote the story, and then, you know, lots of people told me how wrong I was. <laughs> really? I, I wanted um, to, yeah, I'm interested to hear that because I read it and I thought how much I related with it. And I've been riding a bike in New York for transportation since the 1970s. So my perspective is I've gone through a lot of different waves of being scared of a lot of different things. (laughs) And, you know, long out of my 20s and out of my 30s, 
have kept riding, like, you know, just ride and ride and ride. And I have found that the last couple of years, I've become more reluctant to ride and I'm riding less. And I had an experience in Amsterdam about five or six years ago where I was riding in a bike lane and I got clipped by like an e-moped rider. And I just remember thinking, wow, like everybody says Amsterdam is so great for riding, but this experience is one I've never had in New York and it was really scary. Fast forward five or six years and now I fear that experience in New York too. Yeah, so I just really related to what you were saying in that I've become I've become a little trepidatious about going out there in the street. And for me, I guess like one of the things that factors in is it feels more chaotic. Yeah, there's a huge difference between chaos and danger. And a little bit of chaos is actually good, right? That That's what makes cities cities. It can actually make your streets a little safer if you can't quite predict what that other person is going to do. You all slow down a little bit. And the more a city becomes bike friendly, the more chaotic it can look to people who don't bike especially, right? Like you put a two-way bike lane on a one-way street for cars and the pedestrian's like, oh, now I got to look both ways. Yeah, you do. And that can be a little chaotic. But I think we've moved now past this point of just ordinary, like, hey, cities are kind of busy places where you got to look out for each other and you can't just wander into the street without looking into like, you might get clipped by a 75-pound motorcycle on a 10-foot-wide bike lane coming in the other direction. And that's different. Right. It's like going from good chaos to bad chaos. Yeah, there is a good level of chaos. You know, you were talking about in the piece the gains that we've achieved as advocates, that we've got all these bike lanes and we're winning this sort of cultural, ideological battle that cycling is a good thing for cities. And you write, but in the process, we've lost focus on what makes cycling so wonderful to begin with that it is fundamentally a pleasant way to get around. And I think that is uh, something that sort of we're losing right now. So in, in 2019, I, I wrote a piece about how Vision Zero is the wrong goal, which was another, I think, a piece that got a similar reaction to this one, which was the headline is very provocative, but I think for the people who took the time to read it, almost all of them fundamentally agreed with the argument I was making, which I joked that I got some people who, you know, told me how wrong I was about this piece. And that did happen. But actually, there were very few. I would say most of them had the same reaction you did, Sarah, uh, where it spoke to something that they were experiencing. And the reason I bring up that 2019 piece is because I wrote a lot about how the focus on preventing death undermines a much more important goal for cycling, which includes preventing death, but includes lots of other stuff as well, which is making cycling enjoyable for all people of all ages and abilities. And this is the focus that some of the most successful cycling cities in the world have. You know, like Utrecht, for example, does not explicitly talk about preventing anyone for everyone from dying on their streets all the time. Their goal is explicitly cycling for all, to make cycling fun for all. And the more people who can feel safe doing so feel like it's a pleasant activity for them, that'll feed into all the other goals that you have for cycling. And I think in New York, we very much lost focus if we even ever had a focus on making cycling just a fundamentally pleasant experience. I think you know, we were triaging for a very long time. Like, you know, we're dying out here. We're getting hit by cars all the time. Like, we need to do something about this, which I think made a lot of sense, still makes sense. But um, as we make so much progress in terms of, you know, building out the specific infrastructure for cycling, and, you know, I was talking to you about this, Doug, that, like, 
part of this has to do with where I live in the city, but it's not solely this, that I rarely have truly dangerous interactions with cars anymore when I bike around, much, much less than I did when I moved here 10 years ago. I can now bike from central Brooklyn virtually, you know, all through Manhattan, where only like the very beginning and the very end of my journey interacts with cars in any kind of meaningful way. And that's pretty incredible. But at the same time, I do that journey and I really don't feel any safer doing it. I still feel like I have lots of close calls. It's just they're different types of close calls now. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the fatality thing, Aaron. You know, I, I was on Twitter the other day. I'm embarrassed to admit. X, well, whatever it's called X. now. And no, and someone someone from a local advocacy group was sort of, might have even been responding to your piece or a discussion that your piece launched. And they were sort of making that argument that often comes up. And they're saying, okay, well, look, like, you know, e-bikes aren't killing anybody. There's like zero e-bike fatalities this year, as if like that's the only metric that matters. And, you know, one of my responses to that was just like, this is exactly what the NYPD does to ignore traffic fatalities. Like for years and years and years, you would, you'd be like, Hey, NYPD, why didn't you investigate this terrible incident that happened over here, you know, between a car and a pedestrian or a car and a bike. And they would say, look, you know, the, the victim lived, the victim lived. So it doesn't matter. We don't investigate. The NYPD had a policy of not investigating crashes where the victim lived or was likely to live. Mm. So, and that was terrible. Like that meant the NYPD was basically ignoring this vast like pyramid of destruction that cars do unless like the very tip of the pyramid, the fatality happened, in which case the NYPD would go and send somebody to investigate it. And it's like the idea that advocates are now doing this with e-bikes is really troubling to me that we're just sort of like, hey, look, you know, the guy who got hit on the Manhattan Bridge the other night and like had compound fractures in his legs and nearly bled out, which, by the way, this actually happened a couple of days ago. Um, he was hit by a moped or something. It was like a multi-moped crash yeah. in, at like 1130 and and. There were eyewitness reports. One of the guys was a 24-year-old immigrant. He was, I think he was coming home from work. And his leg is completely destroyed now. I mean, right. he's not going to be able to work. Who knows? I think it, by all accounts, it sounds like he lived. But to say that like this crash is not worth taking seriously as a significant danger that's now on the roads, I feel like is missing a very important point when lots of people are saying... I'm having this experience where I feel like something like this is possible every time I go out on the streets and I'm scared it's going to happen to me. I don't think it's a sound or sympathetic response to then say like, well, you know, cars are killing a lot of people. 